0: This is a secret. This is how 90% SEO work. They'll always have, you know, five tabs open of their competitors, like what they are doing, where they are building links, what kind of content they have on their website. The same suggestions will be there on their documents. Like uh, if someone wants to rank on car insurance, they'll go on Policy Bazaar or maybe go on uh, uh, maybe uh, ICIC Lombard's website. They'll see what they have done and they'll they'll put that in document and send them to a tech team and content team. And they'll have the page ready.
1: Welcome to The Business Project, I'm your host Rahul Jacob and here we find answers to the most puzzling business questions. In today's episode, we have Devendra Seni, Associate Director of Growth at Mobile Premier League, one of the largest mobile gaming platforms in India. Over the past decade, he has managed to scale his own blog to lakhs of visitors per day and cater to multiple clients ranging from FMCG to travel to edtech, helping almost all of them reach the coveted rank number one on Google. Listen in as we uncover insights and break a few myths about search engine optimization.
0: I mean, I got introduced to SEO when I started my blogging journey in 2010 i started you know publishing a lot of content around cyber security ethical hacking and then i realized that my blog started getting traffic uh, i just out of passion i started that blog and i saw that people were actually reading apart from my social media profiles which i used to you know, share my blog posts so I checked the stats people are started to come from google search not just india but united states and very other countries then i got to know that's how content works and you write, publish content and Google crawls, it can rank. Then I got to know about SEO when I searched that how to rank stuff on uh, Google. So at that time, you know, ranking was not that hard because Google hardly had any spam related algorithms in place. Not even Panda was there or even Penguin, Hummingbird, nothing was there. You know, Google was plain. It was like, used to crawl web and they had a set of uh, instructions that this is how they used to rank pages and, you know, everything was so easy. So I wanted to, you know, rank every post that I published. So I got to know that you have to date your metas and give a lot of backlinks at that time. So I started giving approximately thousand five thousand backlinks on my blog on daily basis with certain areas I learned. It took me around two, three months to, you know, understand bits and pieces. Then whatever I used to write, uh, I could rank that in three, four days, five days of time span. So, I mean, yeah, that's how uh, my SEO started. And at the time, it was like that these these stuff used to work and that you can, you know, assume that, you know, it was all black hat SEO because those activities don't work nowadays. So, I mean, it was very easy to fool algorithms and, you know, rank a lot of articles. So, I managed to rank a lot of stuff during my early days, 2010, 11, 12. I used to get around 50,000 to lakh visitors on my blog on daily basis. I made a hell lot of money at that time as well. Uh, I used to rank on terms like, you know, Windows 7 patch, Windows 7 activator, Windows 8 patch. There used to be a lot of softwares. People used to search online. My blog used to rank number one, number two. I started my SEO journey and then I learned about affiliate marketing. I made a couple of affiliate blogs at that time with similar, you know, ranking strategies and I managed to rank those as well. This is how I started my journey as an SEO. Though my bachelor is electrical engineer. I'm an electrical engineer by profession.
1: Okay, great. So this is actually a nice way to segue into my first question. Is it possible to rank a 2,500 word article without any keyword research? Um,
0: It is possible. I mean, I won't deny it. But uh, first of all, the piece of content that you have written has to be meant for users, right? So, I mean, uh, it it doesn't have to be, you know, that keyword optimized, you know, if that content piece is very good and it, it, you know, uh, it is well-researched. And it is published on a website that is decently authoritative. Then your content do stand a chance ranking that on first page or maybe on top five, top seven, top eight. But yeah, uh, I mean, it it could be you can take it as a permutation combination thing, you know, Uh, it doesn't mean that every article that you write without any research will rank. But yeah, I have seen a lot of content pieces which are not optimized and they rank very well. Just because they get an extra push from the website on which they are published and they make sense to users as well and use when users are reading and, and and it is also important that that topic is being searched by users as well. It has to be relevant to the searches that are happening. Then only, you know, it it will stand a chance to rank. You can write any article and it can rank on a keyword, which is not being searched by anyone, right? You just type that same title on your Google search bar and that article will show up maybe first, second, third, fourth, but ultimately... That term is not being searched by any user. It doesn't make sense. Even if it is ranking on number one, it won't bring you any traffic. But yeah, uh, content does rank. uh, But, you know, articulating it like it it could be 2,500 words, 3,000 words, no. Uh, Your 500 words, 600 word article can also rank. It all depends on what kind of topic and what kind of keyword that indirectly that article is actually targeting and that article should satisfy the searcher's intent as well.
1: And what about the timeline? How long does it usually take for a crawler to find a new article?
0: So, for you know, website like Forbes or maybe a very big editorial website, maybe Z News, Times Now, Economic Times, their articles as soon as they'll publish it, like I guess within couple of minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, their article will get crawled and ranking within I would say couple of minutes after indexing. Because their website has trust in them. So crawling, uh, how often Google is visiting your website, it all depends upon how your website has been doing since it has been first indexed And uh, it also depends on what kind of authority your brand or website has and what kind of quality content you're publishing. And there are n number of factors that are involved. It all depends on what type of website business you are in. So editorials get crawled every minute like Google will crawl a news publication website because Google knows that any news can happen anytime, right? So Google wants, needs fresh content. So Google will crawl these websites very frequently. But maybe in your category, Google might crawl your website, uh, let's say uh, twice a day. In certain categories, it could be thrice. It could be uh, once in two days. It all depends on what kind of website it is, what kind of niche category it is, how frequently Google has to crawl the content. And your crawling speed always grows when your website grows your authority or your website gross traffic so i mean there is no fixed amount of time google has its own parameters to check whether i should crawl this website that frequently or not and then you know after indexing it will depend on what kind of authority your website has right now super authoritative sites you know their article might rank you know within just they right write and next day or maybe in couple of days their article will be on first page maybe first position maybe second but if you're a new website, then your article might get indexed, but it, it, it might take a month, two month, three months to rank. So it all depends on what is your current status of your website.
1: Got it. So just to set some context here, can you sh- maybe share some examples of how focusing on SEO
0: has worked out for a company? There are a lot of examples that I could, you know, uh, take. If we take example of even MPL, right, we are a gaming company. So, I mean, we are present on a lot of categories of games, like let's say Rummy, Poker, Fantasy, right? Like if, if someone wants to, you know, play Fantasy Cricket, he's going to search on Google Fantasy Cricket app, Fantasy Cricket, Fantasy Cricket League. I mean, prior to that, you know, MPL was not visible on, you know, their primary gaming keywords, I would say primary categories, card gaming, as well as fantasy, which are some of the high uh, GMB drivers as well. As soon as you know, kicked off, a hell a lot of SEO work in last one uh, or two years. So, I mean, uh, right now we rank almost fairly well on top five on a lot of terms and even number one on fantasy cricket, fantasy cricket app. Uh, so, I mean, we have saw so I know immense improvement on, you know, how, Our traffic has grown and it has helped us, you know, generating a good amount of organic game players would say our organic downloads have grown almost 30 to 40 X in last 20 months, I would say. So, I mean, that's a pretty uh, good number to have, you know, people are searching for certain games. Let's say you want to play Ludo real money, you search on Google and find MPL on, let's say, first or second position. You'll download it and you'll play. And rest, you know, as soon as, you know, download is completed and our job is done, you know, now the product team's uh, role is there and how good our product is and user will stay on our uh, platform and will play. So that's how our revenue will grow. So I mean, uh, organic as a traffic channel has a huge power to generate good revenues. And even I, if I talk about certain e-commerce, I have worked with Daily Objects in past around two, two and a half years. If you've heard about Daily Object, it's e a, a e-commerce platform to you know where you can buy a lot of series of mobile and you know your mobile covers. It's a competitor to Babycook.com. When they came to us, they had a lot of uh, issues on their website. Google was not able to render their pages properly not, their product pages were not able to, you know, they were not getting indexed because of a lot of rendering issues, crawling issues. I mean, we we gave the website a lot of time and as soon as we optimized the site and the site started to rank well on keywords like mobile covers, iPhone covers. At one point of time, we were ranking number one for iPhone 10 covers, iPhone 11, iPhone 12 Pro. It still ranks, but I haven't worked on the website and I didn't check since last two years the revenue from organic search was almost three times four times you know what it was uh before the traffic was almost six times higher than when we onboarded them uh, so they hardly had 25 30000 visitors and when we left the traffic was around approximately 2 lakh to 2.5 lakh from uh, google search so i mean if your consumer is present on search if the you know if, if you are a brand and if users are searching for your problem, and if your users are actually searching uh, for the stuff that you're selling, and if you are visible on top ten results or even top three, I would say you will get traffic and revenue. It's pretty straightforward. Su is uh, Su can capture the demand, but Su right now Su cannot generate demand. But if your problem is there and you know people know about your know about the product or any category, then they will search on Google. If your product is something you know the problem doesn't exist right now. Or, you know, uh, people who don't even need the product or, you know, right now they don't have that problem in their life. Your business is not going to get anything from a search, a Google search because they are not going to search that thing on Google. As simple as that. Right. So you actually
1: mentioned something interesting, which is SEO can be used to capture demand and not generate demand. So now when it comes to a startup operating in a niche industry, when should the team actually
0: start focusing on SEO? If I would take an example of food delivery apps, right? In 2008, 2009, no one was actually searching food delivery. Like no one actually thought that delivery will happen. But, you know, when Swiggy, Zomato and these startups came in, they built their brand, right? Initially, I'm pretty sure that they must not have thought of SEO right away because they know that the problem is there. But people are actually not searching for that problem right now. So they, I guess they took around four, five years to build their brand. Then, you know, then when people were aware, like we can get, you know, food delivered very quickly in India. So when the demand actually happened so that this is an example, which, you know, organically a a big startup will come in, it will do a huge branding. It will try to solve that problem, which was not there. But nowadays, like, I guess a lot of problems have already been solved by a lot of startups. So, I guess the demand is already there. So, if a new startup is coming in, so they have to think in those ways. Let's say there is a certain product that they are offering and what kind of problem that product is solving, right? So, first of all, if you want to capture the intent for the problem, then you, then yes, if problem is there, you know, people would be searching for the problem that how to do this on Google, right? So, if you have created your website on how to do this very well, or let's say your uh, your content marketing, your SEO is very well optimized for that how-to category, then you can easily capture those intent and you know you can uh, monetize your content and bring them to your product pages and sell your product. Because right now, no, no one is searching your product version 1.1. They are only searching the product. So this is how startups... If their product is quite new, people don't know about them. Obviously, branding will do do its own job. People will search for their brand name and come to uh, their website. But if they'll not publish content around the problems that the brand is solving, uh, then they'll not be able to capture the right intent that the users are searching. So for new startups... They should like structure their website very well, but when when it comes to publishing content, they should understand what problem they are solving and how people are searching those problems on Google in terms of keywords. Track list of keywords, build clusters, publish content, and they'll see automatically. You know those content will start uh, giving them good traction, good organic users. And then you know grow their categories because you know let's think, take example of e-commerce. What is in e-commerce? The crux of e-commerce is not a product page. No one is going to search Puma striped white t-shirt. Either they are going to search Puma t-shirts or either they are going to search t-shirts. Right? What is it? It's a category. Puma is a brand category and t-shirt is a category. So every e-commerce, the crux of e-commerce is category pages because people know that they want to buy a t-shirt, but they don't know which brand, which product we'll see. We'll see when we'll land on that e-commerce website or app, then we'll figure out which design to buy because that's how it works, right? So this is how e-commerce website capture intent. They might be having billions of products. But the pages that generate big amount of traffic, let's say 80% of the traffic would be the subcategory and category pages, not the product pages. And until that product is very very popular. Like iPhone. People know iPhone. They'll search iPhone directly, right? But there would be people would be searching mobile phones under 10,000. That's a non-branded. That's how you capture intent.
1: So two key takeaways for me that if it's a completely new industry, then it's better to focus on branding first. But if it's a competitive market, it is ideal to focus on SEO instead and also writing about the problem and optimizing the pages accordingly. Uh, So now if I were to talk about uh, on-page SEO, right, I know that H1 and header tags are very important. So according to you,
0: what are a few things that the team can do to improve the on-page SEO score? First of all, there is no on-page score that Google gives. All scores are being given by the tools that you use If you're going to use Yoast, there will be scored score from Yoast SEO on WordPress. If you're using certain, uh, any other tool, they'll have their own scores. uh, Tools are, you know, uh, helpful in terms of checklists and they'll give you an idea of how competition is scored and how you are scored. On those areas, you can compare. But, you know, on-page, I would say, Google is pretty smart to read a page, to read content, to read headings, even if you will not place headings on your content, it can still rank well. I have seen a lot of content with headings or maybe wrong header tags, it doesn't matter. You know, uh, when it comes to solving the intent, if that page has exactly what user is looking for and that Google is also looking for, then that page can still rank well. But there are certain guidelines that we always follow for sanity purpose right because you don't want to confuse crawlers areas where competitor pages are well optimized on those lines you know you cannot leave your pages with wrong headers so it is i would always suggest to have a structured uh, tags on pages diversifying all the tags with the right headings not stopping the keywords but you know with right headings that make sense with certain terms that are uh, that user is actually looking for and also crawlers as well so it is suggested that you should have a title in place. Meta description, always, yeah, it is required if you want to, you know, optimize the CDRs, then your H1, uh, it is recommended to have one single H1 on a page and then multiple H2s and H3s as for your, you know, depth of content. So there is no no such ballpark number, but if it is well-structured and, you know, sanity is in place, there are no errors and, you know, everything looks good. It, as SEO, you'll also feel good that, yeah, my page is actually optimized in the crawl. I'm not leaving any stones unturned to rank my page. So it is recommended to have right tags optimized well, not stuffed on the page.
1: Makes sense. So let's now talk about keyword research because it's probably one of the most important things in SEO. So if you were to rank a keyword like women's fashion clothing, how would you go about
0: doing it? So first of all, Google rank pages right? But pages has to be part of a website, then only Google will discover those pages and would be able to evaluate. But it is quite clear that Google rank pages, not websites. But pages will get power from the root domain. So to rank for a keyword, if I take example of, let's say, one page, it has to be thematically or topically relevant to category, subcategory, or the home page which you are targeting. Uh, There is a process that is called as URL mapping, that SEOs do when they start working on a website. So what they do is they'll have a list of keywords and they'll map every keyword to a URL or maybe a set or cluster of keywords to certain pages that have very same intent. We can target five keywords on one single page and three keywords, 10 keywords, 20 keywords. It all depends on what kind of page that is and how Google is evaluating those keywords uh, and ranking pages. So, I mean, that mapping has to be done very well. Uh, then only you'll get to know that which keyword has to be ranked on which page. Then you have to study the competitors well, how your competitors are ranking, how their pages are structured, how they have presented the user experience on the pages, and then what kind of content they have on their pages, what kind of intent Google is treating on the query. So this is how, you know, uh, you, you formulate your strategy for your own page. Your, you know Then you create pages or the keywords with right intent and experience then you link those pages well to your navigation that builds information architecture and that's how you know google will come to your root page and will read that oh this this is the brand that i'm crawling and now this brand has 10 other categories and pages then when google will crawl the 10 then google will find 50 other pages you know linked to those pages they, and so Google, then Google will understand. Oh yeah, this website is uh, all about, example, women's fashion clothing. So fashion clothing uh, might include women one-piece dresses, or maybe you know accessories, or maybe women uh, T-shirts, female T-shirts. So I mean, when Google will crawl, then Google will get to know what this brand is all about, and this is how this brand uh, is structured. And then, then oh, they have a T-shirt for women page that is targeting keyword women T-shirts, right? So now Google knows that this page has been targeted so that this is the page that I should rank on Google. So Google will index and will give that page the relevance to that keyword. Let's say your website got indexed after three, four months, your web page you know, starts to rank on third page. Then you'll see now I'm on third page. Now these are some of the competitors that are ranking uh, top 10, top 15 because of uh, this is the reason they might have... Uh, you know good web page speed than yours they might have better products they might have better product descriptions better category pages their site might have have better links so you have to understand those links and gaps with respect to your pages and that you have to closely fill those gaps also you can think about new ideas and how my page can be a big differentiator amongst the competitors so I mean, these all areas you have to evaluate and then after updating you might see your page comes from third to let's say 11th now now you feel like my page matches well to uh, what competitors are. Now, now then you have to dig deeper. My website is still you know less authoritative than Mintra, maybe Agio, right? Uh, so you might have to you know uh, put a good PR campaign or might need good amount of editorial links, outreach links. So slowly, slowly those areas helps and you know start to grow then google might start to give you scheme, rich snippets because you have implemented schema as well so this is how you seo work you know it's not a, there is no silver bullet approach you build your website and you get it indexed and then if then you see you know these, these are the things that works well then you adapt and curate your strategy with time and get those links coming in implement content and one day you will see after doing all these things after one day you end up ranking on it's a fifth position now you'll start getting good traffic as well so this is how journey happens and this is how tech content links all these three pillars has to be in sync uh as well as you know brand is also important your other marketing channels also helps your website to grow well in seo they helps you to build more links and good authority this is how you rank uh websites these three pillars are you know uh, very important to rank got it and when it
1: comes to backlinking for domain authority, what are some of the activities that you suggest to
0: um, improve your backlinks? So, I mean, domain authority, it's a metric given by Moz. Like, it's DAPA. Google used to give their metric, which was known as page rank. But After, like guess, 2015, Google... Stop updating page rank though. I I would say they they internally do evaluate certain areas using page rank, but they don't publish anywhere, you know, that they use any sort of strength metrics to showcase. But anyways, these third party tools helps us know that benchmark number that our competitors DA might 80, DA is 80 or their DR might be 70 or whatever the number is. And it, it will help you to analyze, you know, like that could be a benchmark for us. But I have seen websites nowadays outranking. 90 DR website can be outranked by 25 30 DR website. Uh, if you are actually providing that value to users and you know, if everything is doing great in terms of SEO experience wise, websites do have power to outrank bigger websites as well. Uh, so when it comes to links, this is one of the gray areas where the whole industry revolves around and there has been a lot of debate You know, there are SEOs who are on-page lovers. There are SEOs who are link lovers. I usually take it as a balance of both because there are certain categories where links are very important, but there are certain categories or niches where Google might not, you know, consider links as one of the major ranking factors. Uh, Just imagine there are 10 to 15 competitors who all are doing, you know, SEO, but Google still have to rank certain pages let's say they have the exact same experience then google would need help of links because that's where the vote comes in in high competitive areas let's say finance niches links are still very important to rank on money keywords so i mean links can also be gained via good branding i would say nowadays it should be a part of brand marketing plus your seo campaign and and as well as your pr team should also be involved in when you are doing certain activities, carrying out certain campaigns, do a PR, tell a lot of journalists that we are doing this activity. You will get a lot of citations and you are are going to build a lot of links. For us at MPL, we do a lot of heavy lifting in terms of links as well. We do a lot of outreaches every month uh, to relevant bloggers, relevant websites in the industry. Uh, who are actually uh, very valuable, who are actually publishing content and who actually has the relevant traffic that is related to our industry. Uh, we do approach them and if required, we do monetary engagements as well because it's an industry and we want to make sure that we get good amount of links and we gain good amount of authority. So, I mean, uh, we do a lot of link building. So in businesses like us, Fast growing businesses who are hyper growth startups, you cannot wait. You know, you publish 100 articles and then you wait for those articles to be linked from other sources. Naturally, it doesn't work. You as an SEO will have a target that after six months or one month, I have to grow traffic. I have to rank these keywords. I have to make sure that I'm present in top five. So you have to, you know, uh, spend a huge money in link building because that's, Again, your competitors are also doing it. Let's say you are launching a business into a, a area where there are already 5-10 competitors who are there since last 6-8 years, right? So, I mean, obviously, they might have gained a lot of authority uh, in last 6-8 years in the eyes of Google. Now, you are entering in the market, so you cannot wait for 2-3 years or 4 years to get into top 3. If... Google is treating the ranking signal, so uh, you have to spend good money to carry out good campaigns. Uh, money is involved in generating good content. Content will give you links with time, slowly, slowly, organically. But when it comes to your money pages, they'll not people will not link out to them easily. So that's where you use uh, PRs, editorial contacts. You use your contacts on news websites, and a lot of bloggers are ready to give you links with good content so i mean this is how every other company every brand out there not every like i would say 99 percent of the brands who are doing seo who are actually ranking well they spend a huge money on links. it is like part and parcel of the industry you have to do everything to get links not just one strategy Uh, for local website there could be a different strategy for link building uh, for a SaaS website, there could be a different approach, and you have to understand your competitors very closely how they are getting links and how they have got links in past. And a lot of quality checks has to be placed when you are getting those links, because Google is quite active. Because this is the ranking signal that is that gets manipulated way way larger in the industry. Links are something that has been sold uh it is that gray area where you know people will sell you a lot of spam shit as well so you have to be aware that you are not being part of this because you can get penalized as well if you do it wrongly. yeah i agree
1: it's very important to actually know where these links are coming from because there was this one time where i did spend money to get back links but although it wasn't spam it just did not help in any manner Anyway, so I want to know a little more about the SEO practices. Um, Are there practices that is outdated currently and not
0: recommended anymore? See, practices don't get outdated, but a lot of technical stuff get outdated. Let me take you one example of uh, having a keyword meta tag, right? There is an option to, you know, update keyword meta tag. So such kind of tags or operations that Google used to follow before, that are outdated like google don't even read the tag or it won't even consider that tag into ranking purpose so there are a lot of such technical uh, updates that google do with time and google will tell like we we'll, we are stopped giving value to this particular tag or maybe this particular thing but when it comes to practice uh, google won't tell you that we, we would we are excluding this practice from our algorithms no basics were actually same at you know even in 2010 the basic uh the fundamental seo was same and still the fundamental is same with time spam has you know reduced the the amount of abuse that we were doing before has reduced by google so i mean practices such as keyword stuffing i, I can still you know find pages where keywords are stuffed very well and they can rank but 80 90% right now the, the uh, keyword stuffing does not work nowadays you cannot you know Will keywords and you know rank a page google will know it and algorithm will actually kick the page out so a lot of spam related practices have been kicked out by google which does not work but basic fundamental providing the right value to users right content right technical issue uh with authority links they still works uh shit like you know uh, blog comments directory submissions people used to do like six seven years before like google has google knows about a lot of things google knows like these are the uh, areas where seo trying to spam a lot google knows that what to ignore and what to not so so a lot of these practices are not recommended anymore and again it's a algorithm so people will find ways to you know always fool algorithms google will come back with their own measure and will uh, fix it. Again, Something will, someone will find something else. It's a never-ending process. But whatever top-level things that used to get spammed before uh, don't work nowadays in terms of even on-page SEO and in, even in terms of uh, off-page SEO. So Devendra, we've actually
1: covered a lot about the process of SEO. I want to now ask you about what are the tools required for SEO? Uh, what are the ones that you recommend and do free tools actually get
0: the job done? Yeah, tools are always there to help us get the right data or to help us save time. Let's say uh, you want to analyze how many links are pointing to your competitor's domain, right? So you cannot do that manually. It will, It is going to take you months in checking it manually. So tool will help you get the data within just one click but actually when you will do that exercise building links or getting the right links you'll have to manually get involved the, the tools will always help you with data and will always help you automate things easen up your processes uh, do things faster that's it. And pro, uh, sometimes, you know, tools might give you random uh, matrices. I don't usually, you know, follow those practices. But yeah, so there are some top tools that I would recommend, paid ones. I mean, Ahrefs is one of my like tools that I use every hour, uh, every day. We use paid one, but Ahrefs, I, I don't remember. They have a free version right now, but they did had, you know, free version of seven days before. But yeah, if you are actually serious about it, then you should get a paid one of HG, at least either hrefs or either SEM rush. So, hfs is very good in terms of getting to you know your competitors well, how they are getting linked, what is the DR, UR, how many referring domains on an average that competitor is getting, from where they are getting, what is the link velocity, how many keywords are there on which that particular brand is ranking brand non-branded it's a very handy tool like it can do a lot of operations including uh, rank tracking as well site audit as well so ahrefs is one of the tools that i would highly recommend semrush again is on is on my second uh top because semrush i i personally feel that semrush is a little slow than ahrefs uh in terms of getting this but the keyword data of semrush is very good They also have, so you cannot rely on one single tool. You should always get multiple tools when you are doing benchmarking because no one tool can grab the data that Google is seeing because Google has their own crawlers and Google will report everything on Search Console. Let's say one link that has been crawled by Ahrefs might not be crawled by Google. It happens a lot. So there is a huge difference between data of Google and data of Ahrefs and other tools which are there so SEMrush, again you know there are a lot of features they have introduced keyword research rank tracking site audits agency white labeling uh, content audits but i only prefer SEMrush majorly for site audits uh, and keyword research and also uh, getting the broader numbers of certain domains when we are doing traffic distribution uh, these are some of the these are two tools yeah you know, these are quite enough and third tool that is in my list is surfer seo so i mean the, again when i told you right tools are here to make your uh to save your time and make processes easier So that's what surfer does right uh surfer actually helps us plan our content well let's say you want to rank on uh, a term like keto diet right you'll go on google search keto diet and you'll search like there are or ten pages that are ranking, and you will visit every page and find that, Oh, this particular page has written ten thousand words. Oh, second result has uh, written eight thousand words. Maybe third result would have written only five thousand. So I mean, this is how you calculate, right? This is the uh, how much amount of content we have to actually write to fight off that detailing. So it used to take a lot of manual, you know, effort checking the whole content, counting words, counting headings, the depth of content. So. But, uh, so it used to. It, it might in in such detailing it might take how thirty minute one hour two hours to you know prepare a right strategy to rank on keto diet. Maybe maybe um, a whole day as well for such keyword. But when when you go to surfer, you you'll just have to type it and you know surfer will within five minutes surfer will tell you have to write around you know six thousand words, which is the average of all ten. This much of headings. Uh, these are the terms that competitor all ten competitors are using and you should use. So all the work that you know we used to do manually before it has all automated it within one click. So these are some of my, some of my three top recommendations when it comes to on page and strategy. Then when it comes to technical SEO crawling, which search console is there, it's free. Google Analytics anyways is free uh, up to I guess 10 million uh, handshakes. Then, Screaming Frog is another tool. You know, uh, Screaming Frog has free version as well. Up uh, to five hundred pages, it used to. I, I don't remember if they have free ones right now. But I we still have the paid ones. So, Screaming Frog is another tool for crawling. And Sitebul is a, another alternative of Screaming Frog, which is a very which is gaining good popularity and it's also very handy tool. I have used it. They have the it's it's fast and their visualizations are also very good. So, but Screaming Frog can do wonders if. Person, has, person can learn uh, operations, you know, how to actually use Screaming Frog because it can solve a lot of problems when it comes to analyzing websites, technical audit, how website looks like, crawl, depth, and other areas. Uh, then I use a lot of browser extensions. You can use SimilarWeb, it's free. Uh, free browser extension, it will give you data of traffic. Then you can use MozBar, it's again free. Then there are a lot of extensions that can help you with check my links uh meta seo inspector these are all free extensions surfer also has their own free extension so and then there are a lot of these keyword tools online which can help you get a lot of free data but i guess uh when it comes to seriousness in terms of seo we should pay for one tool at least to you know get those data points in but again you know free tools will consume a lot of time paid ones are going to give you a lot of data easily
1: got it Fair enough. So if someone wants to get started in SEO, what are some resources that
0: you suggest they begin with? Uh, when someone has to start off with SEO, they have to actually uh, be very good on Googling things because th- that's where they have to work a hell of a lot of time and they have to understand how search is happening, how things get scrolled, how Google evaluates pages when Google wants to rank something. If a person wants to start implementing seo practices should know basics of on-page seo keyword research is somewhere which is like one of the uh, key areas where your whole strategy is at stake it, the person has to be very good or has to evolve his skills in researching the right topics right keywords understand what how search works what actually is google trying to show uh, for that particular keyword right Knowing the right intent is very important. Intent is your backbone, right? If your backbone would be wrong, then your pages will not rank. Even if you will publish good content, even if you publish, you get links. But if your intent doesn't match to the query, the page don't satisfy the intent, that your page will not rank. So these are some of the basic areas you should always, you know, uh, be very attentive, be more open to do experiments, watch competitors, try to follow what they are doing. Then start practicing a lot of things. Uh, start a blog of your own or start a website of your own and try to rank it. This is how uh, self learners begin their journey. Obviously, you can do a course as well. If you don't, if you need some help, you can opt for good online courses to to actually understand what actually SEO is and what uh, are the what are these what are these jargons. What are some of the basics of on page SEO? How Google you know works. But by doing course, you will only get to know how things are there but you'll you will not able to rank stuff unless until you'll do it so and if you want to do it then check who has already done it and who has already done it your competitors go and watch them closely and if you can come up with good ideas watching a competition then it's great if you don't come up with any idea copy them this is a secret this is how 90% SEO work They'll always have five tabs open of their competitors, like what they are doing, where they are building links, what kind of content they have on their website. The same suggestions will be there on their documents. Like uh, if someone wants to rank on car insurance, they'll go on Policy Bazaar or maybe go on uh, I, uh, ICIC Lombard's website. They'll see what they have done and they'll tr- they'll put that in document and send them to a tech team and pro- content team. And they'll have the page ready. Because this is what user is seeing and this is what Google is treating. So... When to begin to watch your competitors closely.
1: Very easy. Watch your competitors closely and learn from them. Follow the business project for more such content. To learn more about SEO, check the show notes to follow Devendra on his LinkedIn page and blog. I'm your host Rahul Jacob. Until next time, cheers.